All right. Welcome back to The Eagle in Review. My name is Paige Martinez. I am the editor-in-chief of The Eagle newspaper and also one of our co-hosts for this podcast. Um, today with me, we've got a handful of guests. Um, if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm uh, Darren Mason. I'm the sp sports editor and one of the podcast editors. I'm Jacqueline Barra. I'm the host on the Eagles Psyched Out podcast, as well as one of the podcast editors. And I'm uh, Kelly Barra. I'm the news editor here at the Eagle. And all of our guests should sound familiar to any of our listeners because they've all helped out with whether this podcast or another podcast on our network before. So uh, let's just go ahead and dive right in. Today we are reviewing our last paper that came out. It is issue number six, second to last paper for the semester, and kind of prepping up for the Thanksgiving break in some of our articles. Um, on our front page, we have a good handful of stories. The first one um, we're going to look at is the Sun Center Food Drive written by our very own Kelly. How was that? It was really good. I liked going and talking to them. Um, Katie is super excited to get this project rolling, and her and Kennedy and Angel put a lot of work into it. I know they were excited about making a change and bringing some food in for some families in need. Um, so if a student wanted to donate to the food drive, how would they do that? Um, so Katie mentioned that there should be decorated boxes around campus. Um, really, all you have to do is either donate of your own free will or if you want to enter the competition they set up you can get a team together go talk to katie kennedy or angel say hey we want to compete and then you just bring in as much food as you can to those boxes oh that's exciting um and you also wrote another story highlighting our new director of student life who has a very long title that i can yes. never remember um it's chelsea spears uh Go ahead and talk about that for a second. <laughs> um, Chelsea Spears is really fun to interview, actually. She's so nice. She was up at a whole bunch of conferences and meetings, so we had to mostly email and communicate that way to get to know each other. But she is really excited to step into her new role. I know she has some really good goals planned. Um, a lot of things to do with diversity and inclusion, and inclusion in the campus and a lot of things involving students. So I think... We're all really looking forward to what she what she's going to bring to her. She's got a really place. a really awesome background. Um, she's she is a social work master's student. She's been working in um, our intergenerational poverty uh, programs through the school district as well as over at Pinnacle. So I think she's got a she's got a really good background to come in and and work in this position. I think it'll be cool to yeah. If you know Trio, piece. you know Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for those of our listeners who don't know what the position exactly is, so the official title, reading off of the newspaper, is new director of student life, leadership, and diversity. Um, one of their main goals is being uh, the head advisor for the EUSA, our student government organization on campus, and also being in charge of making for our Center for, Center for Diversity and Inclusion, um, making sure it keeps running and it's putting out events and doing its job. Um, the student government focuses mainly on events, diversity, and being the voice of the students. And all of this will be headed up by Chelsea now. So she's got a great position to do a lot of good on campus. Um, fun fact about this position, this is the third woman in a row to hold this position, and two of them have been uh, social workers, so. Yeah, 
that's, that's super cool. cool. Um, all right. Another interesting story that we have is um, focusing again on enrollment. This is part of a series we've been doing, kind of looking at what's causing enrollment to go down. How does USU Eastern fit into the wider organization of enrollment as a whole? Uh, did you guys get a chance to read the article? I did, and I was really surprised by the drop in numbers. I mean, I know we're a small campus, like we're all very close-knit, but I didn't expect such a decrease. Um, yeah, according to the article, USU Eastern has dropped 748 students in the last decade, pretty much, from 2010 to 2019. That's a huge, huge drop-off. I mean, like, compared to the other schools that are listed in the article, like, barely losing over 150 students or right around that range. Like, that's that's ginormous. Like, that's the entire high school population just gone from our campus. And it makes it even more dramatic because we're already a small school that mm -hmm. that's like a fourth of our students plus some. Yeah. Um, they're most schools. So when I first heard about the idea for the article, I figured that most schools as general had gone down. I know there's kind of a culture of... Um, college is way too expensive um, and going into debt for college isn't worth it. And then a college degree means less. So I was wondering if just there was a cultural change that had caused like all the schools in Utah to drop. But really, a lot of the schools are doing just fine. Yeah, I think Cody does really well in addressing that point. I mean, we see, so based on Cody's research, like we see schools having increase in students in the literal, like in the thousands. Like we have over a thousand students increasing at UVU and at Weber State and at Dixie State um, and at Southern University, uh, Southern Utah University as well. I mean, we we see these big powerhouse schools still attracting a lot of students. And I mean, they're lucky because they have a lot more diversity in their programs. But I mean, Utah State's been pushing that with their satellite initiatives for mm -hmm. years. It's, it's, it's surprising to see those numbers go down. And especially where we've done nothing but add more programs to our campus. That's been a push for the last who knows how many years of, oh, we now have this many bachelor's degree and we just opened the aviation program. And through satelliting up to Logan, you can get these kind of masters on our campus, but it's still not working. So something in our marketing messages isn't letting people know that we're an option. Yeah. Well, you know, and I wonder because we had a letter to an editor a couple editions ago about this girl and she mentioned that USU didn't come to her high school. Like she had no idea that they were out marketing or out looking for students. You know, we're not creating a reach like we think we are. And that could be a big part of it. And I know it might've been last issue or the issue before it, we highlighted um, Cameron West, who's now over our ambassadors in a new position. And he does have a lot of hopes and dreams. And like, I went to school with him when he first came to Eastern. And so I know he's a very passionate about our organization as a whole. And I hope maybe he'll help steer it in a different direction. That would be good. <laughs> yeah. So along with the schools, like other than Eastern going down, the other one was, the other two, I think it was, was Snow College and the U of U. Um, Snow College is kind of like our rival school, right? It's yeah. as similar yeah. to Eastern as you're going to find. <laughs> they have about the same population of students. Tuition and class fees average out about the same. Um, they have, they're considered our main rivals in sports. So that would lend to it being maybe it's a smaller school thing. People don't want to go to college in a rural, I, I hate that word, rural? 
rural area um, because there's not as much to do. And we've had plenty of articles about what makes Price a college town. And we'll actually talk about um, Alex's article in a minute, which kind of goes along with this. But an interesting one on that list is the U. Um, Yeah, so with the U, um, it's interesting now compared all of these other schools compared to Eastern have lost minimal amounts of students. I mean, any loss is a loss, but comparatively, I mean, like USU Eastern lost almost 800 students in the past decade, whereas Snow College lost 131, um, USU main campus lost 122, and then the University of Utah lost 171. And and for the University of Utah in particular, um, it's kind of Utah, one of Utah's like big highlighted schools. Like it, it it's, it's the U. Here. Yeah, it is the U. Like that is its official name. Um, but we think a lot of it, or considering that a lot of it, could be tied to um, essentially some cultural tension uh, relating back to the Lauren McCluskey case. Which Darren, who's here with us today, wrote a fantastical article um, reviewing college campus safety. Actually, you've written like three now, haven't you? Um, yeah college campus safety as a whole. And he, in this issue, highlights a new law. So if you want to go ahead and talk about that, Darren. So so in my uh, uh, story I wrote about uh, uh, Lauren's Law, it's it's basically like a... uh, like a bunch of rules that, that... that say how to keep um, colleges safe, and all all the colleges in Utah need, need to uh, uh, to to like implement these rules. And they each um, November they need to um, um, report to like the uh, Utah legislature and like say how they have um uh implemented um this law and it the law um um includes like a the creation of a campus uh safety plan and um it yeah yeah. It it also has um um tr- training for uh students and uh faculty on like uh by bystander um intervention, sexual consent and awareness and uh prevention of offenses. So. And that's, um, I know you uh, talked about doing a follow-up article to it about how USU yeah. in particular yeah. and Eastern is going to implement that law. Yeah. But um, Lauren's Law, is that named after? Uh, uh, after uh, uh, Lauren McCluskey. Yep. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, so if you guys are interested in, in looking into more information about it, um, you can look it up on Utah the utah.gov website um it's under senate bill 134 um so learn about your local legislature learn about what's coming down especially as 
college communities, it's important for us to understand laws being passed to protect us and to also affect the culture of our campuses. Yeah, campus campus safety is coming in big mm -hmm. these yeah. next couple of months. So, so uh, keep your eye on the newspaper. We'll be covering campus safety as a whole because it's something that affects each and every one of us as students. Um, so on that wonderfully light note, um, <laughs> let's go ahead and transition over to our viewpoints in our paper. Um, viewpoints have always been my favorite part of the paper. It was what I very first started laying out. So it's fun to see like what people are saying. Um, let's start with this wonderful article that we alluded to a minute ago, written by um, Alex Anderson, our viewpoints editor, and about uh, the community's treatment of USU Eastern students in particular. I know, Jackie, you read it and you said you really liked it. What do you think? So being local, all of us here in the studio today are local. Um, we all kind of understand that there's this culture in Carbon County. Um, a lot of our old timers don't like to let go of some of these outdated <laughs> mentalities. It's, it's kind of the kindest way to put it. And so for a lot of students coming in here from bigger, bigger cities, bigger counties, like they expect something different. They expect this different culture of inclusion and um, engagement. And we really are lacking that in Carbon County. And I think Alex hits this on the head perfectly. Like students are witnessing events happening on their campus and going, oh, well, that looks too nice. So it's obviously not for me. Like she hits that talking about this community education dinner. Um, I was really lucky I got to help write some of the material for that event. Um, and Alex did as well. She was a, a host in it. And it's, it sucks. It's kind of the, the quickest way to get to the, the point that students on this campus, local or not, feel like they are undervalued in their community. I mean, Price as a whole should be working towards being a college town. Like that's mm -hmm. kind of the point yeah. of us merging with Utah State um, from CEU. And for our community to shut its doors against essentially a form of lifeblood coming into our community is disastrous in a lot of ways. And I think that that has a huge impact on people who want to come here and people wanting to stay here if you are from here. And so for, for students not being able to go and feel like the fact that students don't feel like they have places to go in our community mm -hmm. speaks volumes. And it's, it's something that could be easily remedied, but nobody nobody's taken that initiative and it's it's disheartening. And this is such a weird melting pot because of issues, not like cultural melting pot, but I know there's been a lot of backlash in the community against the USU versus CEU. Mm -hmm. A lot of older members of the community still call us CEU and they don't like to be told otherwise. You can go any like to plenty of stores and see old CEU flags, which I'm glad that they supported that, but now that it's been a change, they won't support the new students, mm -hmm. which is kind of uncomfortable. And I always tell people we're not a college town, we're a high school town, mm -hmm. and high school towns don't make people want to stay here. Yep. And as locals, we've heard it our whole lives. Yeah. As soon as I graduate, I'm going to get out. Yeah. And that's a very common thing. So by, like you said, having them shun the lifeblood of having new bodies and new members of the community coming in. Because a lot of people, if you stay around for your bachelor's or even your master's, you do get plugged into the community. Alex is a great example of this. She's a um, from Salt Lake area. I can't. It's all over the mountain. Y'all know I'm, <laughs> I'm from Price. It's all over the mountain. Um, but she's from Salt Lake area. But she has a job here um, in the community, being a part of the community. And she knows a lot of the community members. Mm -hmm. And I know there are 
pockets of people doing student outreach. Like I think Darren, you're on a community or a committee that helps towards um, targeting younger yeah. adults and students. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the Pride City Youth Council. For our listeners, what is that? Um, Definitely for our listeners and not for me. So, <laughs> all right. So the Pride City Youth Council is a group of uh, high school students and one one uh, college student and we um we uh come up with like different like ideas of how to make price like a nicer place and how to make it more like youth um friendly for like high school and college students and while that's not targeting specifically college students that's the kind of stuff that makes this feel more welcome to people trying to have some fun around here. And like you said, Helper's First Friday is a great time. They do a lot of community events. They just had, what was that thing on Main Street the other day? Um, so Carbon County just started. It's called um, Main Street Mingle. Um, it's, I think, the second Thursday of every month. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to do. Um, so Helper has First Fridays, and then we have Main Street Mingle. Should be um, third Thursdays. Third that sounds Thursdays. better. I think that might be what it is. Okay. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll just see the roadblocks and be like, "Oh, can't go on Main Street today." Got mm -hmm. it. Um, <laughs> but it's people are trying to get more engaged, and I think that we're seeing a shift in our our political tones and our our city council. They're listening to people more, which is wonderful. But like for for students here on campus who don't already have some sort of connection to the community, I can see that being so daunting. Because, like, I mean, for us, we grew up here. Like, I know, like, we know everybody that we see on Main Street. We're like, what's mm -hmm. up, you know? Yeah. And so if you're not from here, I can see that being already an immediate barrier. So how do we how do we overcome that? Like, how do we help people get engaged? And I know at the last Main Street Mingle, they actually invited the athletic department off of this campus and to just – mingle and i saw quite a few like basketball players the baseball boys were there um i think there's also a step that the college kids have to take mm -hmm. to take up these opportunities and try to make the best of them because they're only going to get better the more buy-in we give and i think every every friend group needs to have at least one local yeah. that's kind of my <laughs> rule of thumb if you don't have a local Find you a local and it'll make your college experience here in Price so much better because we've been struggling with the what do we do question for our whole lives. We've got a good handful of answers. We're getting creative. Yeah. yeah. Now we won't drag you through Walmart every yeah. weekend. We promise. We have actual <laughs> stuff we do. I think a uh, lot of it too is just communication. You know, mm -hmm. I think that the the city and the campus need to communicate better. Mm -hmm. Like not a lot of people know, but the Price City Library is selling Aggie ice cream. Like they have a fridge full of Aggie ice the cream. The Price City Library? The Price yeah. City Library. What? And nobody knows this. Aggie ice cream is the best thing in this county. But I walked in yesterday and I saw this giant fridge and I was like, I could have been eating ice cream this whole time. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew. Dude, we gotta get ice cream. I know. But I just think it's, you know, it's important that we learn how to communicate with each other both campus and community and for people with very polar opinions, you know, that's a good way to just take a step and start to merge and start to be like, we don't have to compromise. We don't have to give anything away. We just have to like mix. You yeah. Know? And that's, and like student initiative, like you were saying, Paige, I mean, USU Eastern has such a wonderful setup for students to create clubs and to create organizations. So like, if you want 
if you're not from here or you're from here or you're from anywhere in between and you want to get something going, make a club, have a city exploration, be a, be a tourist in your own hometown kind of deal. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's tons to do here. You just got to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and from us locals real quick, throw out just some things that maybe students haven't checked out yet that you think are worth doing. So obviously we've already talked about first Fridays, the main street mingle. I've only been to one, but there was a lot of, there was waffle love there guys. It was really good. I had a fun time. <laughs> Um, and then one that popped into my head, like if you're into museums and you haven't been to our museum yet, I have been there countless times as a child and I still love going it's there. It's still so good. And there are those museums up in Helper too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool if you can get up there. So if you, if you are more or, uh, outdoor oriented from advanced hiking to just general, like being outdoors, say you're a nature artist, you like to do that. The Helper or Price walkways are great places to go and just mm-hmm. kind of explore some local scenery. You want to see a little bit more, hit up Spring Canyon. Go take a look around. We have incredible rock yeah. climbing areas. Calf Canyon and Nine Miles, San Rafael. Like, all those are great places for outdoor enthusiasts. And we do geocaching. We do do geocaching. is really fun. so fun. <laughs> and it's so taken for granted. But if you like treasure hunting, go geocaching. Like, There's this really one cool. up on Old Riverbed by Pinnacle Peak that I don't care how many times I've done it. I'm going to go do that geocache again right. because it's a fun hike and I love having a goal at the end. And all you have to do to geocache is just get on the website and they will give you a map. They will give you locations. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's true. And for like for more like cultural, I guess, if you want to hit that mark. We do have art exhibits in our museums. In Helper, we have tons of art exhibits on Main Street. Like, Helper's one of the most artsy places I think I've ever been to. If you like, love you coffee, down the street oh. and, like, you could bump into an artist. It's, um, it's true. Yeah. Helper, also, Helper Main Street is one of the best places to Pokemon Go hunt. Really? I'm just saying. They have <laughs> so many Pokestops. Also, the library slash museum block here in Price, you just loop that block, and by the time you come back around, the Pokestops are reset up. Everyone is still playing there. There's always lore set up. Hit me up if you want to go Pokemon hunting. I know the best places in town. Awesome. And you know what? Our our movie theaters are dinky, but they're great. They're owned by a wonderful local family. Um, Go bowling. Go anywhere. There's there's stuff to do. There's also uh, lots of places to go uh, shooting. Um, There's the uh, Pinnacle Peak shooting range. And there's also the um, North Springs shooting range. It's one of the top in the United States. So me, that's funny. Me and Kelly were talking about North Springs the other day. I am an avid archer. I love archery. Um, they have a wonderful 3D range. Um, they have a shootout town that you can go and shoot at targets if you're into <laughs> shooting pistols um, and, and wonderful long distance ranges as well. If you just want to relive your Wild West dreams, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... We were not supposed to spend that much time on that, but it's such an interesting article. Go read it. <laughs> um, a real briefly, we're not going to spend too much time on this one. We had a really interesting letter to the editor um, concerning one of Darren's articles. He wrote about um, gen ed classes and how maybe we shouldn't have to take them. Yeah. Do you want to uh, elaborate on yeah, your original so, article? So I um, said that like we shouldn't have to take general classes because... Because, like, a lot of us know what we want to go into. And, like, a lot of these general classes, like, we, we just don't need them. And it's a waste of our time. And, it, and it's, a, it's a waste of my time also. So Okay. Um, so, in our uh, newspaper that we put out last week, we have a 
good response to that, taking the opposing view on why we should have to take gen ed classes. I'm not going to let Darren talk about um, that letter of the editor because he will be writing a follow-up article responding to some of the criticisms in that letter. So keep an eye open for that. And then our last bit of viewpoints is Darren and Cody, our managing editor, wrote our point counterpoint for this issue on whether or not you should celebrate Thanksgiving or just start Christmas as soon as November 1st rolls around. Um, this is all totally personal preference. So instead of necessarily talking about their arguments, let's go around the table, starting with Darren, who wrote actually an article about it. So if you're curious about his opinion, check that out more. What do you think, Darren? Christmas should definitely not be celebrated like at all. At no, all? <laughs> no, 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 Christmas is canceled, no. guys. No. Darren is no. officially anti-Christmas. Hey, hey. Put it on the books. No. <laughs> it shouldn't be celebrated at all in November. Like, like, right around Thanksgiving and, like, after Thanksgiving, like, it's perfectly fine. Okay. Uh, Jackie? Um, Are you also anti-Christmas? Oh, no. oh, no. I am a Christmas hope. Ho, ho, ho. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love Christmas. I, I love decorating for winter. Um, I put my pine tree up in my room, like, November 5th. Um, but I don't listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. So I, I have certain limitations, but I, I love the, the warmth and the spirit of Christmas. So, like, I'm going to get involved in that as soon as I can. Yeah. Are you, like, a Black Friday Mari Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is playing? I don't do Black Friday, actually, but okay. I do dig the song. I All right. The song. It's the Christmas song now. The Christmas song. <laughs> All right, Kelly? Um, I'm pretty much the same way. I really, I enjoy taking holidays as they come, but the delayed gratification of waiting for certain things in Christmas, mm -hmm. like I don't let myself watch Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I won't do anything else in life. <laughs> I wait until listening to Christmas music, but I always start buying gifts in November, and I always start planning and getting really excited in November. So it, it's a mix of both. I think that we can share. It is, mm -hmm. it's the season of giving. It's also the season of sharing. So let's just share. Um, generally, my rule is after, like, so my family has a tradition of going to get real Christmas trees together as a family, even though, like, my sister was living in Arizona for a minute and then Logan for a minute. Um, and we invite, like, family friends or, like, our fiance's family, too, to come with us. So we normally do it the Saturday after Christmas and, or after Thanksgiving. Sorry. It's a little late. <laughs> or just really early. We celebrated in January. Um, so we get it the Saturday after Thanksgiving typically. And that's when we kind of officially kick off Christmas in our family. But it's not a hard set rule because, for example, my sister's fiance this year works Thanksgiving weekend and Thanksgiving because he's a pilot. And so we're doing Christmas or Thanksgiving this Saturday and getting our trees this Saturday. So it's kind of up in the air. I'm more of a wait till after Thanksgiving because I also really enjoy Thanksgiving and I want to give it that time. But honestly, once Halloween happens, it's just the holidays. You know, yeah. they all blur together. All right, moving on. Uh, our last viewpoint we want to cover is Lori's love letters for the lovelorn. That is a tongue twister. Um, as always, she takes the time out of her schedule to respond to um, letters to the editors that we get asking for love advice. So... If that's something you're interested in, if you need some love advice, feel free to write to her. She includes her email in the column. If you, some of the situations that happen are really interesting because they are anonymous. So people get to write honestly their feelings. So it's kind of an interesting look at people's relationships. I enjoy the column in general. It's a fun one. I don't really write to it, but it's fun to read, you know? 
So that does it for our viewpoints. Um, so starting with our lifestyles, we have a continuation of Darren's um, series he's been doing, highlighting Carbon College, CEU, USU Eastern, whatever you want to call it, at different points in its history. The one we have in this particular issue is the 1960s. So that's a great continuation, fun series, and I really like highlighting the past. It's really cool, Darren. Um, after that, we have Spencer Hunt, our in-house video game writer who always does fun little um, articles on that. Uh, I sound kind of like I'm talking down on him when I say that, but I too am a gamer, so I truly mean they're fun articles about it. I love seeing what he comes up with. This one in particular is classic games with great stories. Highlights a Deus Ex game, a Final Fantasy game, just some, I think, attention game. Tension. I have never said that word out loud for as much as I read video game news. Um, all some really great games that are known for having great stories overall. But he specifically, he highlights a specific one in the series, gives you a little synopsis of the plot. Super interesting. If any of them jump out to you, like I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. Um, I love JRPGs in general, so of course I'm going to be a Final Fantasy fan. But really fun article. Um, we also have uh, Tony finishing up this series on the Kenyan trip. The Kenya trip, not Kenyan. Um, this one is just kind of a nice wrap-up to the whole thing. Some final thoughts. I highly recommend reading the whole series. You can find it on our website. Check out our website. The whole thing. <laughs> um, moving on, we have an interesting article about um, Capitol Reef National Park. This one, I believe, was... Uh, we got the pictures from Michelle Fleck, which if you haven't taken a class from her, what are you doing? She's like the geology teacher. She'll make you lick rocks, I guess. <laughs> Back to the article, <laughs> away from licking rocks. I'm sure they licked rocks while they were also there. Also something Probably. you can do in Carbon County. <laughs> yeah, you can lick rocks in Carbon County. <laughs> we're full of fun. Yeah. Um, it's just highlighting Capitol Reef National Park. Um, we have our uh, eagle in the spotlight, our student spotlight. For those of you who don't know, every issue we pick one to two um, students on campus who have something interesting about them. Not necessarily athletes or leadership positions, but just a student. And we believe here at the Eagle that every student has a story worth telling. And this is kind of how we put our money where our mouth is, so to speak. We do tell student stories. This one is specifically highlighting uh, Prisma Mendez. So that's something you're interested in reading. I love reading the spotlights. Makes you feel like you know a little bit more about someone you might not meet. Um, also, for those of you who have been following our Year of the Women um, issue of or issue of articles, that's not right. Series of articles. Um, this one is written by Cody Phelps, our managing editor, about uh, Saudi Arabia had its first WWE women's match. Uh, he's super into WWE. He's wrote another wrestling article previously, but this one was highlighting a big step for women's right in another foreign country. So highly recommend that read. Um, back to we were talking about how Helper and Price in general or Carbon County in general has a huge emphasis on the arts. Um, we have the Gallery East um, art gallery here on campus that always has um, rotating series about like with highlighting different art styles or a different um, artist in general. This, uh, the last one finishing off the fall semester is a contemporary art show. So if you don't know where that is, that is located in the CIB, Central Instructional Building here on campus, the big white one with all the funny angles. 
It's on the bottom floor, kind of near the stairs, kind of near the elevator. You know where it is, big glass room. It's got some really cool pieces in there. I've been to a couple of the different um, series that they have. Um, and then we have our ongoing series by Ashley, who highlights fun areas, going back to our previous conversation, of things you can do near Carbon and Emory County. This one in particular, in this issue, she highlights the wedge, which if you haven't been to the wedge yet, what are you doing? It's one of the prettiest places within a half a day driving distance. Pack up some hot dogs or whatever you eat. Um, so yeah, if you haven't been to the wedge yet, it's out in Emory County. It's what, an hour drive? About an hour and a half. Yeah, it's a super easy drive. Pop it in your um, GPS. Please use your GPS. Yes, please. If you haven't been out there, please use your GPS. <laughs> or find, take your local and your friend group and make there them go, go with you. Uh, it's a great time. It's super pretty. Great pictures. Actually, a lot of people who take uh, Michelle Flex geology class has to do a project and always end up out there. So promoting classes while we're at it. Um, we also have a great article um, highlighting uh, Native American Heritage Month, with, which, if you guys don't know, is the month of November. We are currently in it. We are almost done with it. So please read the article, learn a little bit more about um, another culture, if it's not your culture, or if it is your culture, make other people read it, because education and being aware of um, the differences in people is such a life-filling pursuit. Yep. Support diversity. Support diversity. We are pro-diversity, except for Darren, who's probably anti-diversity, since he's anti-Christmas. Hey. <laughs> anti-joy. Anti-joy. Yeah. Darren is now officially anti-joy. No. Uh, anti-joy Mason. Yeah. <laughs> New name. That's so mean. Um, and then the last Lifestyles article, thank you for bearing with us, there was a lot, is... Um, Sione, our lifestyles editor, wrote which streaming service is the best for a student budget. Um, as you know, Disney Plus just launched. There's Hulu, there's Prime Video, there's Netflix. Um, I actually do um, College Humor's exclusive dropout. I pay for that one. Um, Verve for anime lovers, Crunchyroll for anime lovers. What do you guys use as far as streaming services? What do you like? What do you do? Um, I do Netflix and Amazon Prime. Yeah. I use... Netflix, Hulu, Disney, Prime. Wow, you got it all. <laughs> yeah. Party at Darren's house. Right. We but we can't be happy. Oh, yeah, but you can't be happy while you're there. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> you know, I hope Disney Plus is really cool. Like, is it? I have seen it's, some really pretty, cool stuff. They have all the old cool. videos. Yeah. yeah. We were laughing about it the other day. So. Okay, let's move on to sports because I'm sure this podcast is running a little long. We're having a great time talking. <laughs> So the biggest news we have in our sports issues this time around is our volleyball team just killed it this season. Just overall fantastic. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see some of the volleyball games, but they are just fantastic. Darren, did you get to see one? No. Oh, man, you guys are missing out. I kept meaning to go, and it was just no excuse. I'm sorry. No excuse. Like, they these women killed it it was a great time i promise so if you like these three yahoos um <laughs> didn't manage to go to a single volleyball game take the time page six six of our um latest issue we highlight their last couple of games they got um second in region which is a huge deal it's fantastic um i don't think i don't know if we ever got information about it but i know they were working on getting a bid to um go to i don't know if it's nationals that's what dance team calls it but 
they were trying to move on, which is super yeah. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, also, along with that, six of our uh, volleyball teams were named to all-conference teams. Um, oh. So that's super cool. We have a quick little highlight of them on that page. So take a moment. If you see them around, tell them congratulations. That's super cool that that happened. Um, along with that, we actually have three of our women's soccer members who have the same thing as well. They're on, they got all conference honors. So that's super cool. Um, we have Atlee who writes for us, wrote an interesting article about that. Uh, despite what it says in the paper, she's not the sports editor. She's just a sports writer. Um, also just as a quick highlight, we have an article about our men's soccer team. That's worth reading, uh, article about our women's basketball team, super worth reading, but the one we want to look at real quick is our article about the men's basketball team. Darren, you wrote this. How's our men's basketball team doing? Um, they're doing pretty good. Um, they uh, lost to P2P um, a light. Um, let's see, on somewhere in the last two weeks. And then they lost to um, uh, Laramie County Community College. And then on November um eighth and ninth they they beat um uh, impact academy and rexburg um united so they're off to a good start of this season awesome um for more details and breakdowns of the scores definitely check out darren's article he's super thorough in his sports writing so it's a joy to read um but, you know, Darren, I noticed you went to a basketball game, but not a volleyball game. What's up hey, with that? I was Joyless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The men's basketball team can bring some joy as well, I yes. guess. Yes. I guess. But, you know, Darren did everything in his power not to have joy from it. Hey, come on. <laughs> um, and then our last page, as always, is a highlight of some awesome photos of things that are going around um, on campus. This one, we highlighted basketball intramurals, uh, the wave pool party, and then um, we have men's and women's basketball games, some swing dancing. So definitely check out that back page. Uh, and we on the back page, we'd like to say happy Thanksgiving from all of us. Um, speaking of Thanksgiving, as our last closeout, I want to know a little bit about what you guys do for Thanksgiving. What are your plans? What are your favorite foods? Um, Darren, do you want to start? Yeah. Nothing. Um, Darren has no joy. No joy. He's thankful for nothing. <laughs> if during Christmas time I somehow turn into like the Grinch, <laughs> you can definitely blame these three right here. Um, but for uh, Thanksgiving, um, all of my family is coming to my house here in Price. And I guess my favorite food would be like the turkey and like the, like the, mash potatoes and sweet sweet potatoes so nice awesome. yeah similar similar kind of stuff from this end um uh we've got our uncle coming into town our other uncle might be coming into town we don't know um but i'm voting for a road trip and then we can just eat thanksgiving at some diner <laughs> i mean like I, i'm down for that too uh no but i'm really excited for thanksgiving uh, my favorite foods are pie pie more pie. Um, <laughs> I have no shame. <laughs> Mom makes like three different pies and I eat most of them. Um, but it's cool. It's it's nice to just have a nice break like right before finals and, and kind of chill out with everything oh, and, and, and kind of just 
eat into a glucoma and then like I'm good. Ah, finals. Yeah. <laughs> finals. I'm the same. I would probably have to say probably the stuffing and pie. I'm a huge fan of stuffing. Yeah, weirdo. I know. Beets. It's just strange, I know. <laughs> oh, I'm having like three Thanksgivings and a Friendsgiving. So. <laughs> Uh, as far as my favorite food, I do actually really love side dishes, mashed potatoes, cranberries, deviled eggs. My family eats a lot of olives on Thanksgiving. Olives too. A lot of olives. It's a little weird. Kelly, don't. All right. Um, to close this out, I just want to um, thank you three for joining me today for the Eagle in Review. Thanks our, to our listeners for listening to all of this. Um, for more in-depth looks at all of our stories, please pick up a newspaper, check us out online. Um, check out our podcast. We come out every Friday. Uh, Jackie, do you know what you're coming out next Friday? Yeah, so um, we release this episode, and the following week we are releasing an episode on our Queer Resource Center here on campus um, talking about the importance of self-identity and community. So we're really excited to get that out to you and, and get some wonderful resources out to the, the campus community as a whole. So check that out next week. Yeah. So just remember to all of our listeners, we come out every Friday, um, alternating between Psyched Out and The Eagle in Review, which are both fantastic shows. Um, we, If you're interested in doing a podcast, um, I know right now we're registering for classes, just finished up. Come talk to us. Like You can be on the newspaper staff just doing podcasts and that would be fantastic to for you and for us to expand our library if you're interested in writing we always are looking for more writers whether you're on staff or a guest writer and if you know anything about InDesign Pretty, please come lay out with me. And if there's ever anything you guys want us to cover here in the podcast network, just let us know. We'd love to hear your opinions. Like we say, the Eagle is the voice of the students, so we want to hear you. All right. Um, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.